All right, everybody, I have an absolute banger of an episode lined up for you today. I have Mel Scott. Now, she is a global tech legal counsel, and she is a podcaster and uh, just basically one of those people who really understands branding and marketing. Um, You know, throughout the episode, I give her multiple compliments on her LinkedIn marketing and her Instagram marketing and just her general branding in general, and like the podcast branding is so on point. But look, why, why would you listen to this episode? All right, so we talk about things like... We sort of quickly go over what she does as a senior legal counsel for um, a global global tech company. They're called Megaport. Now, what a day in the life of uh, Mel Scott is like and how it's different from her days as a more traditional lawyer. But... We also go over like her tips for building an engaged audience on LinkedIn and Instagram and how she approaches these platforms differently. That's quite important because a lot of my um, clients and my prospects do ask me, you know, how how do I approach Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, maybe even TikTok? How do I do them all differently? Well, um, she briefly touches on TikTok because apparently she has TikTok. We don't talk about Facebook, but we do go into depth about LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, if you are uh, doing family law, if you're doing commercial, if you're doing personal injury, various other compensation claims, criminal, and basically anything where, you know, the brand of of you uh, does impact your success uh, at the law firm, uh, then I highly suggest that you have a listen because Instagram can be um, incredibly useful there and so can LinkedIn. Now, um, we also go over uh, some of her, her tips for launching and running a legal podcast. Now, podcasting is still um, relatively um, in the early stages, really, compared to other content um, uh, strategies out there. So if you are um, seriously considering um, starting your own podcast for your law firm, or you just maybe a little bit curious, then uh, this is going to be a, a great episode for you to listen to. And I'll, I'll include links in the the description of this episode one of those will be to her instagram and if you do check that out she's got um highlights now if you use instagram you know what highlights are and you can click on one of them and it'll actually show you um the process from start to finish of her creating her podcast uh so um yeah look this is just one of those episodes mel is just she's a great communicator and i couldn't recommend this episode highly enough so um i'd really also love to hear what you have to think about it um but before we dive into our chat I just want to let you know um, just about a few quick things. You know how it goes. So legalsites.com.au, there's a free law firm marketing plan and a case study. Those are PDF downloads. Go and grab those if you want. Uh, you can also support the, support the podcast. So if you yeah want to make my day, then please consider leaving a review, uh, subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you've got ideas for future episodes, if there are topics you want me to talk about and you know if there are people that you want me to bring on, just get in touch with me. And finally, just to introduce myself properly, I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of legalsites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. In this podcast, you'll learn how to leverage the most time-efficient law firm marketing strategies to get more leads, more clients, and more profit. So that's enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. Yeah, and no, I'd like to, I've got a few questions or talking points or, you know, whatever. It's all pretty cash. But to get started, like, what's what's this Megaport thing? You work for Megaport and you're a senior legal counsel. So, like, what does Megaport do? And, like, what's, like, a typical day look like for you working for them? For sure. So, it is a cloud computing play where the product is 
a B2B network as a service product. We essentially help businesses get to the cloud Mm-hmm. super quickly and they can scale up and down the service, yep. pay for what you use, really flexible um, and and multi-cloud platforms. So as an example, some of our customers use many different kind of cloud services. They might have Salesforce, they've got Microsoft Azure, Google, AWS is the big one and they're going to want to send some data from, from one to the other. Mm. traditional telco through your data center and 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 kind of keeping it keep pretty traditional you know that kind of setup can take up to six weeks but we have a, a software defined layer over the top of the network that essentially allows you to provision new services in 59 seconds or less so okay. when we launched 2015 real startup vibes very much you know the bunnings trestle tables it was part of a an incubator bevin slattery's capital b group we kind of popped out of there as a Superloop did at the same time and then cloud scene and it was very disruptive it remains quite disruptive and it was almost too good to be true for the industry and uh yeah i joined pretty early on in the game as a in-house lawyer i was coming from Brisbane Airport Corp and I was really keen to get some experience in a you know a dynamic fast-paced growing tech space and yeah. lo and behold that came to me and it was in Brisbane as well which is is great because there's opportunities uh, are far and few between so that's kind of what Megaport is. What I do at Megaport is the, the corporate commercial legal work. We have a lot of uh, customer contracts. We have employees around the world. We operate in 24 countries around the world. So, you know, there's, uh, there's your usual corporate filings, regulatory obligations. Privacy and data protection is a huge issue for our industry and and just for in-house lawyers generally at the moment. It's not going away and there's more and more regulation coming from all parts of the world. Mm. Uh, And I I just manage the legal services externally and, and internally and really just to make the business happen and to fulfill the business strategy and, and do it in a way that's, you know, risk mitigated as possible, but not uh, not entirely able to remove all risk. That's that's not feasible. That's not business. So yeah, a, r- a real commercial pragmatic approach uh, does well. That's for sure. Yeah, right. So like, how like how has your your role changed? You know, since you were a lawyer, like how do you mainly see the difference between being a lawyer and being in house? Huge difference. Yeah. You know, it's an entirely new career path in a sense, and my skills are. I mean, look, the fundamentals are the same. The ability to communicate, the ability to do legal research and and to distill that into a piece of advice that's useful for the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that is is the stuff I learned in private practice. Yeah. And it's uh it's absolutely the, you know, the bread and butter of our skills as lawyers. But my client is is just one now in-house. I focus on Megaport and uh, and its and its kind of associated entities. And I can just drill down into the industry, the strategy, the goals of that one company, that one client. Uh, And in the same way as I'm being very focused on one company, I'm also really having a diverse understanding of many areas of the law. So when I was in private practice, I was in uh, the front-end M&A corporate advisory space and it was you know, pretty niche in the scope, but the breadth of the clients was was quite broad. Now that's flipped. 
I focus on one client, but my goodness, I'm a Jill of all trades and I need to be across multiple things. And I also need to know my boundaries where I, my expertise uh, finishes and, and I do need to pull in the experts. And, and, and that is something that we certainly do in-house, especially when you're getting to larger litigation, uh, any merger acquisition, transactional work, uh, and very bespoke expert advice. Um, at the moment for us, we rely heavily on local council in the countries that we're not operating in. So uh, I'm not a, a, a native Japanese speaker and we launched in Japan and relied heavily on uh, Japanese council as an example. So, mm. yeah, it's it's very, very different to, to working in private practice and I, I've been doing it for seven years now and absolutely love this way of, of being a lawyer. Wow. So in saying all that, so what is the whole the purpose and the strategy behind this whole in-house lawyer thing that you're doing, the the Instagram, uh, the the podcast, your you know, your presence on LinkedIn. What's yeah, what's the whole how's it all fit together? That's, that's an awesome question. For me, it's uh, it's personal branding, hmm. really, and, and reputation management, I think, yeah. is the, the cooler <laughs> way that people are saying personal branding because that has a little bit of a stigma attached to it. Yeah. But it is, I am taking, um, the, I am making the most of the opportunities that are online to create a brand for myself that's separate from my company and then has mm. the longevity no matter who I'm necessarily working for mm. and also is allowing me to create a network to connect with with like-minded individuals mostly certainly uh, lawyers in-house lawyers but but more broadly than that of course yourself included that's how we connected and I am um, I'm pretty keen to it's very specific, but I'm really keen to share stories of in-house practice with early career lawyers and law students because it wasn't necessarily a career path that I was aware of at uni and it took me a few years of being uh, a lawyer to understand that that was a way that I could practice. And when I found that, it was like, oh, wow, I've really found my place. I've found my people. This is for me. And so much of the concern I had about working forever in, in private practice that wasn't quite aligning with, with me in a way that I, I was hoping for my career. Mm. Um, a lot of that went away once I realised that there's so much more to, to do and to practice if you still want to be in that commercial space but you're not necessarily finding your way in private practice. Well, you know, I'm flying the flag for the in-house space. I'm such an advocate for for the opportunities that there are and it is a growing space uh, without a doubt there's yep. there's more and more positions more and more junior excuse me junior positions as well as the the teams are growing and the business understands the value of having your lawyer in-house you know you can really save you can save quite a bit of money uh, having that salaried resource rather than briefing everything out yep. so yeah I've seen that shift um, over the last few years as well yeah. So have you monetized this yet? You know, you've got a bit of an audience. Like if you haven't, like, are you planning on offering some sort of coaching? Is there, are there courses? Like how's that all working? No monetizing. I'm early stage jab, jab, jab. If you're taking, you know, Gary V's approach, I'm just giving value, giving value, creating content, putting myself out there, learning how to do a lot of this stuff, learning how to make a podcast, learning how to best present my content online in, in the different forums. And um, I, I haven't monetized. I do 
absolutely have a goal of monetizing my podcast. I'd love to work with a a business that is aligned to my values and, and delivers value to in-house counsel that uh, that I use or that I I really support. Um, I've got a couple of, of kind of in, in my vision, a couple of big companies I'd love to work with, but it's, yeah, very much focusing on that that in-house lawyer and adding value there. But it's all, it's a side hustle to be honest mm. and it's all outside of my my day job. So I can't commit as much time as I'd like to mm. and uh, it is it is solely a weekend and a late night situation, but it's a lot of fun and mm. I'm certainly not against monetizing but I'm I'm holding out as long as possible because it's not about the money and mm. I think the moment that I ask for the money is the moment that I I compromise um yeah. to a point and that's not you know my 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 day job pays my bills mm. <laughs> so yeah there's no rush but I'm, I'm certainly not against it yeah yeah cool so yeah so it's, it sounds like it's also a bit of a creative outlet for you yes, who's for sure who's doing your your branding because it's all very professional it's all very on point is that oh, you I so appreciate that that is that is me and canva <laughs> wow do you have like a, really a background in graphic design or are you just like a bit of a natural no no i i don't i don't have a, a background in any of this <laughs> I, I my my copy for content LinkedIn comes naturally because you know we write and I, I like uh, I enjoy English and, and words so I don't mm. find that too difficult. But yeah. in terms of audio production, uh, creating audiograms for for my Instagram and for my LinkedIn to promote podcast, mm. the the design. No, it's it's all and I, I don't even really love it to be honest. I I honestly just did the bare minimum to get it done. I stopped overthinking. Mm. Done is better than perfect. It was my motto specifically to get that podcast up and going, you know, uh, April last year. And so I, I played around in Canva, gave myself 45 minutes. So that was what? it. Whatever I had. 45 was, minutes? That's, that's what we were going serious? with. Was, that's better than was, what I've got. <laughs> I was coming up on the hour and I thought, I spent too much time. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm overthinking it. Let's just get it done and let's move on. I would like to revisit it. Um, no, and I would don't. love to. I would, it's good. <laughs> I think, thank you. I so appreciate that. I think we're probably our harshest critics sometimes, but mm. yeah, it's all me. And I'm just, uh, I'm not in any way an expert, but that Canva app makes you feel like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, no, it's really impressive. Like, uh, um, yeah, like, Canva, yeah, I can see that you've made it on Canva, but Canva's great. Um, mm. Like my bloody approach to my podcast artwork was um, like I couldn't see any other sort of legal podcast that had that sort of colour. Like I have like a sort of ready yes, sort of colour and I'm like, colour. I'm like, yep, all right, exactly. I'll do that because it's totally off brand because legal sites is like a, a light blue and white. Right. <laughs> but then I, th- I thought, well, if I do that, it's going to look like Lawyers Weekly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a podcast and it's like, yeah, blue and white. I'm like, it's just going to look like it's not going to pop. And so that was about the extent of my strategy behind my podcast um, artwork. Nice. You have definitely (laughs) taken it to a different level and apparently in only 45 minutes. uh, I don't think I did though. Like, I really, I'm glad it comes across in that way, but I really just, I went with colors I like. Um, and I had the name. I've been sitting on the name council for for some time. I've been many really wanted to get this podcast going for like longer than I want to admit, but years yeah. really. And I finally, took, you know, bit the bullet 
and um, I just I just didn't overthink it too much yeah. because I thought the the content will speak for itself and I mm. will find my audience naturally. They won't be necessarily saying, "Oh, that looks a bit dodgy," because it hasn't got a, a nice picture of her on the podcast page or, oh, I don't know. It, yeah, I just didn't think it would um, amount to making too much of the difference perhaps. Yeah, I just <laughs> I think some people just sort of have a knack for it, like for, you know, design, whether it be graphic or, you know, interior design or fashion or whatever it might be. Some people just kind of get it. Yeah, and then, for sure. And other people maybe not so much. And I think that maybe you could have had a, had a career in marketing to some extent if you or maybe you might in the future but your copywriting's good you know I think I might have to offer you a job I don't think you're going to take it but um (laughs) hey you never know that's um that's cool I so appreciate that because it's all it's all just a trial and error yeah (laughs) I even like your podcast name I like that it's um two syllables nice and short and easy to remember i honestly just went my podcast name i i went with it because it's got a keyword in it (laughs) so when people google like law firm marketing um you know i my podcast shows up and if someone is going to look for law firm marketing on apple Podcasts, it should show up as well right yeah that's that makes a lot of sense yeah that's why mine is a bit of a mouthful better law firm marketing but yeah yours is nice and snappy which i like Great. I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> I love I'm getting a free like audit on my marketing from no. you today. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's really good. I, I would urge like, anyone. I know that I do have listeners who have who've asked me about whether they should create their own podcast. So I think that if you're interested in making a legal podcast, I think you should definitely go and, you know, check out counsel and have a bit of a, a sneaky little geese and see, uh, you know, <laughs> see what. For I, sure. I, you know, I would recommend that as well. Anyone that was keen um, and had a bit of an interest to absolutely do it. It's, um, it's, it's been so fantastic for me to create a, a number of things. I create a sense of authority around myself for my brand purely yeah. because I, I've just put myself out there and I'm not in any way an expert or, or an authority. I have, have a, you know, not worked in the space for the longest or I don't know the much, uh, the most. I've never, you know, published a book and it, none of that. But by the, the pure fact of putting myself out there and, and being a host of something, it does set tend to to lend that air of authority in in my subject matter and it's also allowed me to connect with people that are just you know absolutely phenomenal that I otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to so I've cold called people in our industry that I I just love their work and I've, I've just dropped into their inbox and said hey I'd love to have you on the podcast here's a you know a bit of a blurb what do you think and they're always so receptive because who doesn't love to chat about themselves on mm. you know on a podcast I mean I do I'm here to chat with you so yeah it works and the the people that I've met around the world uh you know it it's awesome for me personally to have been able to create those connections so there's authority there's connections there's community and connecting with your ideal clients and creating that awareness um and it's an excellent upskill opportunity 
because uh, I don't know what I was doing. I just Googled how to start a podcast and then I did that step by step. <laughs> and I actually uh, recorded in Instagram stories kind of each step of the way and I've saved that all as a highlight. So it's all there if anyone wanted to just literally see from step one how mm. to create a podcast. I didn't pay for, you know, a course. I didn't go to webinars. I didn't mm. necessarily immerse myself in understanding it all before I did it. I've just very much been a bootstrap situation mm. here. And, and and I've taken the pressure off myself to have any outcome. Mm. I always just thought if I can have, I think I thought if I can have 50 people listen on the first mm. episode, 50, 50 people, if I imagine that in a room, 50 people, what an excellent an excellent room of people to have a chat with. Mm. Uh, and the first episode within the first month had about 500 downloads. Oh, and okay. I I thought that is, you know, it's exceeded my wildest expectations, how fantastic. But uh, I'm kind of coming up to the 15, 16 episode mark now and uh, I think around 10,000 downloads. And wow. I, I'm really, I'm so happy with that, but I'm also still keeping it super humble in my mind so that I don't kind of get that paralysis because yeah. um if I keep thinking it's it's just 50 people in a room I can chat to 50 people in a room it does take the pressure off and I I don't get too overwhelmed with saying the wrong thing or you know trying to second guess what I'm yeah. doing so yeah what's, they, what's, that's some of my what's, thoughts what's been your what's what's your been your approach to like building a an audience to listen to your podcast because it's quite challenging to get an audience because you know if you want to grow a youtube channel your videos could get recommended it's you know mm. people tend to share youtube videos so get building a youtube channel maybe not as difficult but a podcast like unless you're already you know unless you're Ellen DeGeneres or someone who's already famous yeah, it can be quite totally. hard to sort of get that audience so what's worked well for you I think uh, LinkedIn and Instagram has worked really well and yeah. just advertising and promoting the podcast on those platforms. Yeah. Because I did a behind-the-scenes, here's how I'm going about doing my podcast before it launched, I did all of that on Instagram yeah. and I did that deliberately to build that hype yeah. and to bring everybody along with the story of Mel's making a podcast and she has no idea what she's doing, how interesting. And at the time I think I had about a 1,000 followers on Instagram, uh, which was, it was certainly enough to create that momentum and, and then escalated right. into, you know, a certain percentage of them tipped over into listening. Mm. The other tip I would give is, you know, to have uh to leverage your guests and and have people come and speak on the podcast that also have their own network. So mm. as an example, I reached out to a, a gentleman called Sterling Miller, who is mm. by far the godfather of in-house practice. He's an American yeah. guy, a Texas guy, wrote the book, literally wrote the book on in-house practice. And yeah. he's been doing it for 30 years. He's an absolute legend. Yeah. Um, and I reached out to him, I got to meet him, and it was kind of like my Oprah moment. I mean, this is very niche in-house counsel. It's not yeah. going to appeal to everyone. But this guy has his own blog called 10 Things You Need to Know as In-House Counsel. Yeah. And it has, you know, over 10,000 uh, subscribers. And so then he was able to say, hey, this week I chatted with this chick in Australia and here's the link to the podcast. And a, a whole heap of his people came over and they've stayed with me from there. So absolutely leveraging the network of your guest and getting people on that will share and promote your show as well. Not everyone's comfortable in doing that, which is absolutely fine. Uh, 
but some of us are, are pretty happy to. So I think that's made a real difference. And then it's consistency and time. And you yeah. just need to give, give yourself a little bit of time and go easy, have fun, don't put the pressure on and, and it'll build it and they will come, I suppose. Yeah, well, you know, leveraging other people's audiences, that's a great idea. I should probably try that. No. Um, <laughs> it's been working nicely. Every time I release a podcast episode with an interview, I get all these connection requests on LinkedIn from these lawyers and I'm like, yeah. ah, hello, welcome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Welcome it to works. the party, guys. Yeah, it's yeah. great because otherwise a lot of the connections, I, uh, I just, I guess so many people adding me on LinkedIn and they're like, you know, oh, I'm a visionary growth leader or some, you know, right. business coach who's going to 10X this and, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, and they send me like a bloody copy-paste spam message like, Oh, it's so cringe. Like I'm so happy <laughs> when I get connection requests from like real legal professionals. Nice. Yeah. So, look, anyone out there who's a lawyer probably gets like, you know, the same sort of connection requests on LinkedIn from these people. So, I'm just letting you know, look, it, I, I, I put up with it too. So, uh, <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same boat here. But uh, LinkedIn, like what's – actually, what's my question? Here's what I – when I was sort of researching you quickly before we chatted, I was just thinking, okay, so you're doing well on LinkedIn, you're doing well on Instagram. So, like how do you approach those platforms differently? Oh yeah, definitely very differently. My LinkedIn kind of when I'm when I'm on LinkedIn, my headspace is that I'm talking to my peers, I'm talking to my colleagues, yeah. and 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 people who are in house counsel around the world, and I'm speaking to everyday issues that I'm coming up against, and not again, not overthinking the content, but keeping it pretty real. So, I mean, an example, something I did this week was you know, does anyone have a problem with turning off your lawyer brain at the end of the day? You know, we're thinking and making decisions and being a little bit pessimistic about what could go wrong and pulling apart things. And then you go home and someone will ask, you know, when this is exactly what happened, my husband suggested that we go to Hamilton Island in May. And my first thinking is, oh, but what about this? What about that? What about if we get locked down? Just problem solving a a situation that did not require the same lawyer brain. And I'm in that situation. I noticed it. I went, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. I uh, reflected on that. And the next day I thought that's that's kind of an interesting question to pose to, to the people. And, you know, of course, and I, I expected that this was a common thing. And there's been some fantastic conversation out of that post in the comments around how we manage mindset, positive thinking uh, and stress. And that's just fantastic. Um, I also spoke about uh, a particular legal tech vendor that I'm using. We're implementing a system called Ironclad for our contract management uh, at Megaport. And I just put a picture up of my screen showing this week that I was doing that, uh, you know, implementing a new piece of software and loving it and uh, just created conversation around why we went with Ironclad and, and how I'm finding that implementation. So just very much those day-to-day in the moment situations. For Instagram, I'm talking to early career lawyers and law students. It's a younger audience for sure. Uh, and I'm speaking about paths to in-house, what it is to be in-house, what it means, like what is in-house, you know, what I've never heard of this before, talking about being a lawyer generally, uh, well-being mindset and, and looking after yourself as you enter the legal profession because that's an area that is uh, it's important to 
to the next generation because I think they're just more broadly aware of, of those issues. But there's so much more understanding within some of us who have been in the industry for a while that it's real. You know, the, the well-being and the mental health of the profession is not great really as a whole and we we need to take care of the next generation and make sure that they are equipped with tools to understand how to look after themselves in the job so that's that's where my content will will focus on Instagram and I love stories for behind the scenes stuff you know day to day I'm just I'm I'm just a, a normal person just like you and this is what a little bit of legal life looks like you know, it is hard to uh, to do that throughout the day when you're working and things are confidential. And I've got a lot of colleagues that follow me, which is wonderful, but it's not necessarily something I want to be promoting that making them think that I'm online all the time yeah. and not doing any work, um, which I don't think is the, uh, I don't think it is, that's the impression, but I'm very aware of managing that yeah, you know, you've got your boundaries and I can't talk about a lot of things that I'm doing. We're a listed company, so that's not appropriate. But mm. um, And I also love to use both platforms to talk about the podcast and that tends to that tends to work well as well. Yeah, that's great because, yeah, your approach to Instagram is very similar to Clarissa I, um, from Happy yes, Lawyer, Happy Life. Yes, for sure. I she had a chat with her the incredible. other week. And, yeah, she's great and she's all about being herself on Instagram and showing people who she is and just being, you know, transparent and people kind of gravitate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more. And I think you're what you're doing is is working pretty well from what I like from what I can see, you know, you you got twelve hundred followers, but your 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 posts are actually getting real comments. Not just they're not just getting fire emojis. So <laughs> lit you know like they're not getting that crap it's I think you're actually getting real like if you post something and you get five real comments on Instagram honestly that is actually Mm. quite good these days for sure for sure there's so much garbage out there if you go and yeah have a look at (laughs) Gary V or something look at what he posts everything's just fire emojis I don't know how many real people are even commenting on that stuff anymore well that's true yeah there could be bots I don't think I'm, I'm in the the realm of getting a, a bot thing going on. <laughs> but it's all about the quality, not the quantity. And when I think about the followers and the engagement, you know, I'm not trying to get everybody to follow me in the world. I'm, I'm looking for a really specific group of people. And I, and and with that in mind, let's let's kind of talk to that group and create a little community that's um that's quality around the the, the issue and the topic that I'm talking about. And, yeah. and I think um, the vanity metrics of Instagram are just so uh, so 2019. Like I'm just not not too worried. I used to get quite caught up in oh, I've got to get to 500, 700, 1,000, mm-hmm. 2,000, and really not kind of in that mindset so much anymore because mm-hmm. it's it's not about the size of your audience. It's about how engaged they are and yeah. the quality of your interactions with them. Yeah. So. A lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're small law firm people. They might own one, they might work at one, they might want to start one, and then there's other people as well. But So let's say, you know, if you're a lawyer that maybe does something like wills and estates, family law, something like that, and you're thinking of giving Instagram a crack, like what would you say are maybe some sort of common like maybe mistakes that they might want to avoid? And I don't know, do you have any just general advice out there? 
I think um, things that I see that are that are done well are the the personal. So you're seeing yeah. you're seeing the face of the person, not just necessarily lots of squares about um, updates to the law or particular particular things that are firm wide. I really love seeing you know here's here's our paralegal, this is what she's about, you know, here's our, our partner, this is what she's about. And, and depending on whether it's a firm approach or an individual approach, I think this people just love the people connection. Yeah. So not being afraid to do little stories and videos of the people at the firm or if it's for a personal brand for yourself mm. to, to get up and show your face. Uh, people love that. It's it's um, the, my tip for that because I, I didn't come naturally to me in kind of putting my camera up to my face and filming myself saying things is not to watch it back. Yes. And it's really hard to do, <laughs> but it's so easy to, um, it's so easy to critique ourselves if we watch it back and, oh, God, I sound ridiculous. Oh, no, I, oh, I fumbled there. Oh, no, 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 I'm playing with my hair. Then I get start again. And you'll never do it. And then if you do do it, it's so forced and yeah. you, you can tell it's your seventh take. I would just not overthink it, get the camera up and say, hey, I'm on Instagram. This is crazy. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here for the fun and the journey and, and let's connect and, okay, have a great day. And then you yeah. just... You post it and you don't watch it back. <laughs> that yeah, works oh, well. I <laughs> totally agree with that. Uh, I um, I don't listen to my podcast episodes once I've like once I've sort of done you know the intro and the outro and I've just put everything together. I don't go through and listen to it until mm-hmm. like when it's out. I might listen to it later, but generally I don't listen to my own podcast episodes. But I found like when, yeah, when I was like listening to to it before uploading it nothing was ever good enough and I never got anything mm, done so I totally sure. yeah, totally agree with that so generally from what I've found you know there's always exceptions to the rule but any sort of legal um, profession that any sort of practice area that is um, very much about you know building that trust and relate that that yeah that trust with the actual lawyer themselves tends to work well and if it's Instagram probably wills and estates might not be very effective because we've got a bit of a younger audience there. So we're thinking family law, probably criminal law. I have seen some commercial lawyers have some success on Instagram as well. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And also what Clarissa, Clarissa also, yeah, she was all about the personal branding and on Instagram. And I have found that some law firms that really try to market the law firm on Instagram don't do quite as well as the ones who market the individual lawyers as well yes. but there's always exceptions to that so i think i've taken up enough of your time today mel but thanks no, so much if someone My wants absolute to pleasure I, just before we roll i just wanted to to point out an interesting kind of uh i suppose an aspect that your listeners may not have thought of when mm. they've seen that you know this is a conversation with an in-house lawyer and <laughs> You know, don't they just work with big law or like I'm, I'm, I'm a family lawyer, I don't need, you know, in-house lawyer clients. But honestly, we are truly untapped referral resource for yeah. small, medium law firms of, of all types because what happens is I work with 250 people, they know I'm a lawyer, they are going through a divorce, they need a lawyer, they don't know any lawyers, they're going to go, hey, Mel, um, 
can you do family law stuff? Like for real, people ask me this. Can you do conveyance? Can you like help me at court with my drink driving situation? And I'm being like, no, I cannot. <laughs> my practicing certificate is for Megaport Limited and it's a subsidiary, it's not for you. However, you know, and I have done this, I can refer you to Brisbane Family Law Centre, I can refer you to 23 Legal Dougal there because I have connections with those lawyers who I don't use personally, but I can absolutely refer you to them. So it's an angle that I don't think is utilised as much as could be, but uh, reach out to your your friendly in-house lawyers in your city, and there are many of us, um, and start to build some of those connections because we love to palm off the work that we don't know how to do to people that do. So, so we love to look after our friends and our colleagues with trusted advisors, and um, and that's a real a real thing that I've been able to to do for for some of my my friends. So. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind. So if someone wants to, you know, after hearing all that, they want to get, you know, they want to become your friend, uh, yeah. uh, how do they do that? Anywhere, um, everywhere. I mean, look, LinkedIn, Mel Scott, that's me. But the in-house lawyer on Instagram and TikTok, uh, which is a bit of fun. Oh, okay. uh, we didn't, we didn't talk you about You didn't TikTok, tell me about that, Mel. Not, yeah, not for everyone, but it's um, it's a bit of a fun platform. And, you know, or you can email mel at megaport.com, yep. whatever. Just send me a Slack. I don't mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty prolific online. I'm happy to connect anywhere and everywhere with with uh, like-minded lawyers and if anything's resonated with with anyone listening, yeah, let's connect. Okay. Sounds great. Well, you've been a bloody champion, Mel. Thanks so much for coming on Better Law Firm <laughs> Marketing. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, thank you so much. That was awesome. Awesome. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Mel Scott today. If you want to say hello to her, you can check out the links in the description. And once again, if you go to legalsites.com.au, you can grab yourself a free law firm marketing plan PDF download and a case study PDF download. And if you want to support the podcast, please consider leaving a review, subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you have ideas for future episodes or people you want me to chat to, then please um, get in touch with me through legalsites.com.au or just say hello just say hello on LinkedIn that'd do perfectly fine so that's it for now um, hope you have a great week